0: Hello, and welcome to today's Here's to Your Health podcast. I'm Don Linsman, Executive Director of Marketing and Development at Crawford County Memorial Hospital. My guest on the podcast today is Brooke Tazler. Brooke is the Director of Dietary Services here at CCMH, and we're talking about Food Safety Awareness Month. And Brooke, thank you for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: You know, it seems like a, a pretty simple topic. How do we prevent food poisoning? In, you and I talked before we got started with the podcast today about it seems like a lot of common sense. But as I am want to tell my children, good common sense is not all that common anymore. (laughs) So let's talk about how can we prevent food poisoning?
1: Well, there's definitely a few different things that can help prevent food poisoning. But as with a lot of things it seems like. Hand washing is probably one of the biggest things, you know, just making sure you wash your hands before you get started. If you're handling raw meats, you know, wash your hands um, so that you're not spreading it around everywhere. So that's that's probably one of the biggest things, I'd say, is making sure to wash hands.
0: So once, once you do that, because honestly, washing your hands is the biggest thing to prevent any sort of Uh, transmission of disease Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter you don't have to be in a hospital you don't have to be a physician Uh, just everyday run-of-the-mill garden variety people should be washing their hands a fair amount of time because it 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 cuts down on everything it cuts down on COVID it cuts Mm -hmm. down on the flu it cuts down on any kind of disease that we might happen to have out there yeah in addition to uh, washing hands though what else what else should we be doing to prevent food poisoning
1: um well, it's a good idea to do things like, you know, separate your, your meats from uh, fresh produce. Um, sometimes it's even good to separate your meats from each other, or a lot of times, I should say. Um, and some of that's... So you, when you have things in the fridge, you don't want your chicken or your ground beef above your lettuce, necessarily. If it's a, you don't want that dripping onto it accidentally, because you're not going to cook your lettuce, so you don't get a chance to kill those germs, so separating your foods, um, cooking to proper temperatures, you know, use the meat thermometer. It is a good idea. Uh, I mentioned not everything has to be cooked to the same temperature. So chicken usually has to be cooked to a higher temperature than, say, your ground beef. So, or then, than, well, most any of your meats, really. So that's usually one of the ones that has to be cooked the most, I guess. You know,
0: in a food thermometer, you wouldn't think that, again, this would be a big deal, right? Right. But for years, for years, I cooked without a food thermometer. Yeah. And when I finally started using one, I realized that more often than not, I was undercooking food. When you just look at it, right? Right. Because that's what you're really doing is just looking at your food, and I realized that I was really undercooking a
1: lot of food. That's right. Yeah, you can't always tell by by color, necessarily, or, uh, I mean, if you're... If you're way overcooking it and getting it dried out, then it's just not fun to eat. So <laughs> yeah, so
0: it's, it's striking that balance, right. but using a food thermometer sure makes right. a lot should of sense. should help with that, yes. Yeah. My guest on the podcast today is Brooke Tazzler. Brooke is the Director of Dietary Services here at CCMH. We're talking about Food Safety Awareness Month, which is September. And you know, uh, Brooke, anybody can get sick from food poisoning, but who's more likely to get sick and, and have a serious illness from that?
1: Um, so older adults, you know, 65 and older, a lot of times um, are more prone. Children, when they're under the age of five, um, people that just don't have a very good immune system, um, for whatever reason, of course, they're not going to be able to fight things off as well. So, uh, and that goes for pregnant women as well. So.
0: And, and, you know, those are people that we always have to be, you know, keeping in mind, because at some point, there's a compromise of, of uh, health and maybe there's some additional health issues. Sometimes we're not even aware of, so that actually does make a lot of sense. That that uh, those uh, categories of people could could be uh, sicker when they get uh, food poisoning. And there's also some foods that are more likely to carry a foodborne illness or or could cause food poisoning. Can you tell us about what some of those foods are?
1: Um. So again, your raw meats and stuff tend to to be more likely to, um, to have this growth that, you know, that can cause the illness and stuff. Um, so, and that's beef pork, chicken, you know, it, it covers pretty much all of them. It does include fish as well. Uh, fish, shellfish, that type of stuff. Um, so eggs, if they're not cooked to a proper temperature and, um, unpasteurized milk can be another one. Uh, and then Fruits and vegetables can also be susceptible again because you're not cooking those items. So,
0: and in a lot of instances, that's listeria that you end up with on on uh, fruits and vegetables. The the bacteria there, but there but there is something that's very serious. And so, listeria is not quite as serious as salmonella. Salmonella is a very serious foodborne right. uh, bacteria. Tell me more about uh, salmonella.
1: So, salmonella can be found in um, a few different foods, but chicken is probably the major major source uh, behind it. Um, but they have had more instances in ground beef here in the last few years. Um, so I mean, they they have governing bodies like the CDC and other places that that try to help with stopping the you know minimizing, maybe that's the right word, minimizing um, any issue, or not issues, but any problems you might have with, with those items. I mean, I know around here, uh, you know, or even grocery stores and stuff, I mean, sometimes they get recalls. I mean, you see these things on the news and whatnot that they get recalled. And so they've, they've got things in place to try to help minimize people consuming items that could be a problem.
0: And people should take those recalls seriously. Because I know in some instances people go, well, I bought that stuff there last week. It's fine. I'll eat it. But we really should take that more seriously Sh- yeah, than we do. We should
1: take it seriously. And, you know, just in case, that's where you want to make sure that you are cooking temp or, you know, getting your foods up to temp to try to k- kill off those germs that are on that food. So...
0: My guest on the podcast today is Brooke Tansler. Brooke is the Director of Dietary Services here at CCMH, and we're talking about Food Safety Awareness Month. And uh, I think what's uh, something that a lot of times people are a little iffy about, uh, and with the recent earthquakes and and, uh, hurricanes, it brings it to mind. You know, if you're in a storm and you lose power, and now for a couple of days you've had food sitting in a freezer or refrigerator, uh, so on and so forth, you know, there's always a concern that that food will not be good when you take it out a couple of days later and think to yourself, well, I need to cook up a mess of whatever this is because, you know, it's going to go bad if I don't do that. But even a couple of days where it's been, um, mm-hmm. you know, unrefrigerated or it's, it's thawed out, right. you know, there, there's a real issue with that. And I know that there are people in the past who've gotten very sick. Sure. from from uh, consuming food that, that they prepared after a storm.
1: Sure, yeah, um, that's one that it's, it's better to be safe than sorry, so if in doubt, throw it out for the most part. Um, but yeah, if it's supposed to be refrigerated and it hasn't been refrigerated, um, you know, we'd probably say even if it was just for, if it's refrigerated and it's not refrigerated even for a few hours, sometimes that can be a problem, let alone a couple of days. Um, if it's frozen and it's gotten completely thawed out, and it but it hasn't really been refrigerated, yeah, that definitely causes problems. So, um, if if they weren't properly refrigerated, properly stored, they probably need to be thrown out. As much as we don't want to do that, yeah, but I like I like
0: that phrase though. When in doubt, throw it out. That's I, right. I do. <laughs> To me, that makes a lot of sense. Right. Probably has something to do with color and texture and. All those other kinds of things. I mean, food is supposed to look a certain way, right? So when it doesn't look like that, you probably should get rid of it.
1: Most definitely. But even if it is looking (coughs) maybe normal, because sometimes we can't always rely on that. So maybe it does look fairly normal or smell fairly normal, but it's been without refrigeration for a while, so... Yeah, it's going to make me question it anyway, so then I'm going to want to get rid of it.
0: <laughs> so let me throw you a bit of a curveball. Uh-oh. Okay. Um, you know, we I've heard about people who go to a restaurant, eat in a restaurant, later on uh, maybe experience the symptoms of a foodborne illness. They call it food poisoning, but it may or may not necessarily be that. They may just mm-hmm. have gotten... May have eaten something that my mother would have said didn't agree with you. Sure. What can you tell us about keeping safe when we go to a restaurant uh, and the food is served to us? What can What can you tell us about being safe about making certain that whatever it is that's on the plate, we have uh, complete confidence that if we eat that, we're going to be okay.
1: Um. Well, restaurants do have to go through annual inspections. Um, so there should be posted somewhere something that they've been through an inspection and kind of what what types of citations they've had. So you could look for something like that, uh, for one thing. I mean, in general, too, like you could also use some things like if you're walking in and just general cleanliness, at, you know, sometimes that tips you off that, i uh, got a few concerns. This place does not look the cleanest, you know. <laughs>
0: been in a few of those places, by the way.
1: (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Might make you wonder. So yeah, sometimes just your own general observations might help you out. Yeah,
0: maybe a little hunch.
1: Again, if something's kind of (laughs) nagging at you, there might be a reason for it. So you might want to listen. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well,
0: food safety is very serious and we know that there are thousands and thousands of people who get sick every year because of foodborne illnesses. And so we just want to make sure that people are safe, especially when they're handling food in their own home. Right. My guest on the podcast today has been uh, Brooke Tazler. Brooke is the Director of Dietary Services here at CCMH. And we've been talking about September is Food Safety Awareness Month, and we encourage everyone to follow the guidelines and to prepare their food safely. Uh, have great meals uh, as we head into the fall because there'll be a lot of tailgating and a lot of other things going on at football games. We want people to be safe. My name is Don Lintzman. I'm Executive Director of Marketing and Development at Crawford County Memorial Hospital. We care for life.